0: Apologies for the echo. I had to find a quiet room, and it's kind of boomy here. I'm coming to you from year-end climate talks in Dubai, where negotiators are focused on what the world got right and wrong in the eight years since the Paris Agreement and how we can do better in the five years to come. That's the big picture, the global stock take, but I'm zeroing in on one of the key tools for making this whole thing work. Carbon finance under Article 6 of the Paris Agreement. Article 6 governs international carbon credits. At issue is guidance around how three key paragraphs of that article, paragraphs 6.2, 6.4, and 6.8, will be implemented. 6.2 provides a framework within which countries can cooperate among themselves bilaterally or multilaterally, 6.4 provides a centralized mechanism administered by the United Nations, and 6.8 covers non-market transfers. I caught up to Pedro Venzon and Andrea Bonzani of the International Emissions Trading Association who have been following the negotiations, and if you're not a carbon geek, this episode might not be for you. I'll be doing a much more accessible wrap when all these negotiations are over, and today I just didn't have time to provide a lot of context. Man may be unwittingly changing the world's climate through the waste products of his civilization. There's a group of us now who are proposing that the Earth has actually entered a new epoch, and that is the Anthropocene. Anthropocene. We know that the enemy is carbon, and we know it's ugly face, we should put a big fat price on it, and of course, add to that, drop the subsidies.
1: My name is Pedro Venzon, I'm international policy advisor At AITA, I work mostly covering Article 6 negotiations and also our capacity building program, the BPMI, or the Business Partnership for Market Implementation.
2: And I'm Andrea Bonzani, International Policy Director at AITA. My focus is also Article 6, both Mm -hmm. the negotiations here and implementations Mm -hmm. in the country that are implementing. Okay.
0: And Andrea, you and I, we spoke yesterday with the text that came out yesterday morning. And I wrote up a quick little piece, but maybe we can just summarize that a little bit because you know, it was interesting to me to see all that nature positive language in there related to afforestation, reforestation. You can maybe tell us a little bit about how that got back in and then what, and then why it does appear that we're going to go with that first option on avoidance. Yes, the
2: text, the 6.4 text was published yesterday morning, and it contains a lot of brackets and a lot of options, but it represents significant progress compared to what we had in the previous iteration. On the question of emission avoidance, there are still two options in the text, but as I said, the Philippines which was the major proponent of emission avoidance as a separate category under Article 6, now they seem to be okay with Option 1, which says that emissions avoidance and conservation enhancement may be eligible under the existing activities, which are emission reduction and emission removal. Yeah. Considering no other delegation was really making this topic a priority, I think we can consider the discussion closed and get rid once for all of -hmm. these doubts about the eligibility of forests
0: under Article 6. What were the big disagreements that still remained in the text yesterday? Uh,
2: What this COP has to agree on 6.4, the priority in our view is to adopt two recommendations from the 6.4 supervisory body. These are a recommendation on methodologies and one on removals. Without the adoption of these two recommendations, the 6.4 mechanism operationalization cannot continue. So that means we will not have credits issued under the mechanism. So the current text does not explicitly adopt or approves these recommendations. But these recommendations are in two annexes to the text, and the language of the decision seems to imply that these recommendations have been adopted. We'd like to see more clarity, and we hope to get that clarity in the next and final iteration of the text. But now there's still an element of uncertainty there.
0: And how about 6.2? Countries are acting as if they can go ahead on 6.2.
2: Yes, they can go ahead and implement on 6.2. There are a few elements that still need to be agreed, clarity to be provided. There was a new version of the 6.2 text published in the evening yesterday, and it was shortened from 55 pages to Mm 6. So a lot of the language, a lot of the topics were dropped. And the new text made everyone unhappy, but there are certainly certain parties that are more unhappy than others. So at the moment, there's more work to be done on 6.2 to reach a final agreement. Are the big issues that remain in 6.2? So the disagreements are quite deep and fundamental. There are some delegations that see 6.2 as a purely party-driven approach with minimal oversight and centralization. Others would like to see more control, and this is a
0: fundamental disagreement, so it's more difficult to be resolved. From the day the Paris Agreement came out, I thought 6.2 was bilateral, multilateral, 6.4 was the kind of the centralized replacement for CDM. Yeah. That's correct,
2: and that's why some delegations feel very strongly and they do not want to discuss these proposals that have been made primarily by the EU, supported by ILAC, the Latin American group, and AOSIS, the small island states. Some of the concerns are legitimate. They worried about low integrity transactions in 6.2, but the language that they proposed is considered unacceptable by the majority of the other parties.
0: And Pedro, you were in the room all day today. What's What changed over the course of today, if anything?
1: Yes, I think what Andrea mentioned was really important in terms of Article 6.2, which were basically the sessions that we were able to follow today. So Andrea mentioned about the reduction in the text from 55 pages to 7 mm-hmm. pages, and it, this was a really interesting negotiation strategy from the co-facilitator, because basically the co-facilitators requested the parties to come with proposals. Mm-hmm. So we inverted a bit the order here, and instead of uh, developing a text where the parties would eventually criticize, The co-facilitators invited the parties to take a step forward and basically come with bridging proposals for the uh, sections that they think it would be important to have in the text. So today they discussed uh, two main aspects, one related to authorization and the other one related to sequencing. There are uh, some consensus in terms of the types of authorizations. And uh, now it's clear that uh, we will be able to have authorizations from cooperative approaches, authorizations of etimals and entities. Th- this th- process could be eventually be done in a consolidated manner, but also it would be possible to have this in a more discrete manner. So different uh, process for each one of these types of apos- authorizations that I mentioned. Maybe one thing that's important to clarify, and we are still like waiting parties to basically come with bridging proposals would be related to authorization chains. This might impact the market. We see some parties against this possibility. I'll elaborate on that. Yeah. Yes. So basically, this would be the possibility of a party to change the status of authorization after conceding this. What do you
0: mean by authorization? Authorization. You know, the it, 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 the mitigation outcome. Right, so if you a have transfer. a
1: project and then you have a mitigation outcome and then eventually to transform this mitigation outcome into an ITMO, which is an international transfer mitigation outcome, come under 6.2, you need the authorization. And uh, once you have this authorization, you could eventually transact this internationally, and then the stage that would basically define the, this transaction would be the first transfer. But then eventually you could sell this ITMO and if there is a change that happens after, it could impact the market because the buyer would be impacted and all the market confidence would be undermined. Right, right. Yeah, and the issue of
0: cha- making changes after something has been transferred is huge because obviously you, you want to make sure that you're creating credits with integrity and that you're respecting the rights of people. but Nobody wants to buy something that could suddenly be declared something different afterwards.
1: So parties, they are aware about these issues, but some parties also, like, are afraid that eventually some... Types of projects or cooperative approaches could eventually be influenced by human rights issues or maybe indigenous people rights. So they want to ensure that these changes would be possible in these circumstances. But this is something that we don't have consensus and parties will need to come with a bridging proposal to see this in the decision text. In terms of sequencing, parties are going step by step and going paragraph by paragraph trying to reach consensus and the way that the co-facilitators adopted here is basically to only keep in the text the sections that they have consensus. So at uh, every session that they don't have consensus they would basically cut from the text and they will not see like in the final decision. And one important step of this process is basically regarding the review process. So some parties are pushing for the review of the initial report to be completed before this ITMOS can be recorded into the agreed electronic format. But uh, this is not consensus also, and uh, we don't expect this to pass because this will also eventually delay the process uh, depending on the time that the Secretariat would take to basically conclude this review process. So this is where we are. We expect to see parties reaching an agreement and discussing in the rooms in the coming meetings this night. And tomorrow we can reach a final decision that is approved.
0: Okay. How about on the tables? Did they have any progress on that?
2: In the text that w- was published yesterday, there are two options, but none of them foresees the final adoption of the reporting tables. <laughs> and that is disappointing because mm-hmm. a standardized table for reporting would raise the bar on integrity, make the review by the experts in the secretariat easier. But unfortunately, this COP part is discussed such a large number of issues that they perhaps failed to prioritize and right. so they didn't reach an agreement on this.
1: Yeah, that's the key point. Uh, and I think uh, what's important here is basically to understand this issue and come with a language and even eventually a work program where the secretariat could discuss the implications of these change and also revocations to the market and see how can we address also this issue about indigenous people and human rights that's also super important for the integrity of the market.
0: That's Pedro Vinson along with Andrea Bonzoni wrapping up ahead of the last day and a half of COP28. So until next time, I'm Steve's Zwick in Dubai. Thanks for listening.